0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Learn to Lead podcast brought to you by Ability, an experiential learning company based in beautiful Austin, Texas. I'm your host, Matthew Confer, and today on the show we have Vashali Jatev, who is currently a leadership development senior facilitator at Procore Technologies. She is also a lecturer for the Kendra Scott Women's Entrepreneurial Leadership Institute. Previously, she spent time as the Director of Learning, Communications, and Culture at Whole Foods. Thank you so much for joining us today, Vishali.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: I want to start with a question about your time at Whole Foods. I was reading that during your time there, you were influential in deploying their inaugural team member Innovation Challenge and their Leadership Academy. Can you talk a little bit about what those two initiatives entailed and what you learned more broadly from your time at Whole Foods?
1: Yes, it's always exciting to talk about that time. I always remember it fondly. Um, Both of those programs are a great example of conscious capitalism. So conscious capitalism is a movement to help mission-driven companies really articulate the purpose and the impact that they want to make. And part of conscious capitalism, first of all, talks about stakeholder engagement, that as a conscious business, it's absolutely important that we think about how do we create impact for all of our stakeholders. So internally, the team member innovation challenge was a great example of that stakeholder thinking come to life. So what we did is we know at Whole Foods, the genius of the company lies in our team members. So we asked them, if you had an idea to move the innovation needle at Whole Foods, what would that look like? And how would that idea impact all of Whole Foods stakeholders? So great way to educate team members on the whole uh, stakeholder model that is so vital to how Whole Foods um, did its business. And also great to source the genius of our team members. And so we had a shark tank like presentation where our team members through a series of um, presentations got to present final ideas to our regional presidents, ask for funding and, and get some uh, support in how to move those ideas into action. So it was a great, as an education professional, <laughs> it was a great way to like think about a non-classroom way to really educate our team members, but also really booing to see how innovative and, and really the genius lies you know, in our team members. And the second program are uh, Academy for Conscious Leadership. Again, stems from conscious capitalism. One of the tenants of conscious, conscious capitalism is stewarding environment of conscious leaders. So it was really cool opportunity with a small group of my peers to uh, be on the supporting, um, be one of the supporting founding members of this academy that really helped uh, external stakeholders really understand what does leadership look like within Whole Foods. So not only were we doing this for our internal leaders, but really distilling that content and bringing it out externally as well.
0: You can definitely hear in your voice how impactful your time was there. When you when you look back, how do you think you personally evolved as a leader when you think back to when you joined Whole Foods and then when you left? And we'll talk a little bit about more about your your roles now. But how do you think you personally evolved as a leader?
1: Yes, outside of, of my time at Gallup, it was definitely my next most performative or most important. Uh, Time in my career and my peers at Whole Foods tell me that I was a different person when I left Whole Foods than when I started it. Um, I came to Whole Foods with an MBA having worked in law firms and consulting and probably more professional background. Um, I was like a head first leader but Whole Foods taught me how to also lead with my heart, that you need to balance both the head and the heart leader in terms of leadership. So that is where I really had an invitation to get dialed into my strengths, my values, who am I as a real person? What are my weaknesses? And I would say this whole conversation of authenticity really came alive to me when I was at Whole
0: Foods. Let's let's transition a bit from that, that past role to talking a little bit about how you spend your time now at Procore and some of the other things that I described in, you, in your bio. How do you spend your time now?
1: Yes. So, you know, with Whole Foods, it was cool to work for a mission-driven companies cultivating mission-driven leaders. And that's what I say kind of my my mission, my own personal mission statement is. And if you think about an industry that needs that mission-driven leaders, it is absolutely tech. And when we think about decisions that leaders have to make. And so right after Whole Foods, I went to Indeed to um, hone my skills in, in the tech industry, let, uh, launch the lead, manager development program there, and had a really cool opportunity to work for a pro that's not only a tech company, but the industry that we work in is construction. So, talk about two industries that need the purpose-driven leaders, that heart-centered leadership. So, it is absolute gift um, at Procore to work with our senior leaders on both. You know, how are we achieving results for the company, but how are we doing this way that is tending to the well-being of our team members? That we're getting dialed into our own leadership styles because anything we bring and that brings success to Procore, we can then bring to the construction industry. We can then bring that content to other leaders that are working so hard to build strong leaders in in a very, very difficult industry.
0: You highlighted a little bit about the breadth of just the different types of companies that you've worked with. Is there a through line when you think about developing leaders, almost doesn't matter what industry they're in, that you think we should all be focused a little bit more on? What do you think we get right? And what do you think we need to do a better job of focusing on when we're talking about leadership development?
1: Yes, I love that question. Um, the through line I see is purpose, right? Whether every company has a purpose, every individual has that purpose, it's a nice way to bring that conversation both within talking about leadership development. And when I think about opportunities in leadership development, we think leadership development is such an externally facing practice, right? I have to think about how to inspire my team, delegate to my team, hold them accountable. But really the best leaders I've ever had have started with themselves. So I would love to see more leadership development start with the individual first. So all of my classes begin with some kind of exercise around your personal values or getting dialed into your strengths or... Uh, 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 assessing what drains your energy and what gives you energy um, because I think at, as a leader you have to really strike that balance and I love that the conversation in leadership development is pivoting a bit
0: talking about pivoting and, and how things have changed obviously the world has changed dramatically over the last two years how has your focus changed what are you doing differently now in terms of how you're thinking about your work leadership development more broadly based on the changes that have gone on around the world
1: Yes, I have taken the last two years to really look inward and really get dialed into my purpose, making sure I'm dialed into that, really studying those days where I just don't feel good, whether it's mentally, physically, maybe it was a stressful day. Um, I wasn't taking enough time to really study those stressful moments and getting dialed into what caused that stress, what caused that impact to my energy. Likely, what are those great days that I've had? like the successful days, those days that if it was groundhog day, I would love it, right? Because it would, it would be cool if this day was on repeat and studying that. So, um, I teach conscious leadership, but again, it's such, for me, it's such an external exercise. I've really taken all that content last two years and really applied it to myself. And I think I'm coming out of this, a happier person. Maybe I would say the word is balanced. I feel like I'm a much more balanced person than I was even coming into the pandemic. And that's what I want leaders to think about, put on that oxygen mask for yourself before you, you help others.
0: Something that compels me about the work that you've done and, and some of the work that you do currently is you you have a lot of face time with more senior leaders at organizations. What are you hearing from them about what they want the leaders that come behind them to have in terms of skill set and in terms of just general like mental focus on the things that they need to get better at?
1: Yeah, I think we're all seeing, um, and I hear this a lot from senior leaders, but I think a lot of people are saying that it's as a leader now within a company you're not just leading a team and to achieve a deliverable you are leading a team to support their wellness, to support their well-being, you are stewarding teams through any kind of social issues that are going on right now. You are stewarding a team through an inclusive environment. So it's no longer leaders can only lead a team to achieve a result. It's this whole human that we're asking leaders to really cultivate, and that's what's on the minds of senior leaders: is how are we helping our frontline leaders do this? How are we also creating space for leaders to tend to their own wellness and own well-being? I cannot take care of my team unless I. I get dialed into myself. So I think leaders, the leaders I speak to are really um, attuned to that. And also just the, the, the logistics of hybrid environments, right? How are we going to cultivate connection, trust, courage, vulnerability in a more hybrid environment as well?
0: You've mentioned on a few occasions, and it definitely pops up in your bio frequently, is about this concept of a purpose-driven organization. Can you talk a little bit about why that's impactful to you and maybe what you've seen in your career where a company that you've worked with or been around has really exemplified that?
1: Yes. Um, I think for me, it was at my time at Gallup. So Gallup was my first job after UT. And for those of you who don't know who Gallup is, they're the the thought leader on employee engagement. So it was really cool to kind of stumble into Gallup and not realize the power of their research and and to have that as my touchstone to my career. It's the science behind what makes people thrive at work. And what Gallup's data is finding, what lots of research finds, is that if we don't feel impact or that work makes a difference or that it's valued or that we are seen, that is absolutely going to limit how we show up as individuals. So small pivots leaders can make is just tying a task that you did to the impact. It takes 30 seconds to say, Matt, because you asked that great question in the meeting, we were able to then make a different decision. Or because you put that uh, spreadsheet, put those numbers together, I know you didn't love doing that, but let me tell you the decision we made that's free, that takes 30 seconds. And the impact those little pivots that leaders can make can do wonders for somebody's esteem, their sense of well-being, and just feeling seen at work. And so that's what I would would love um, my through line when we think about purpose is how, even in the questions that we ask and even the way we recognize and give feedback, how can we just align, put a little bit more purpose into our conversations? Because I think we'll see a much more return on that investment um, when we just take that time to, to consider that.
0: Without a doubt, the thing that we hear from listeners more than anything else is to kind of hear how people organize their day, how they think about themselves from a personal development and personal maybe optimization perspective. Are there certain things that you do on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis to help make yourself kind of more effective in your role?
1: Yes. So I put more time on ending my day than starting my day. Um, i used to have a commute up until two years ago. And so there was that natural transition from the work day to, to the non-work day. And I don't have that anymore, right? So a lot of us don't have that anymore. So I really do think about the last part of my day is spent telling my brain, hey, you got some work done today. Look at all the things we checked off the list. Cause it's an invitation to your brain to say, okay, you're allowed to rest or you're allowed to go think about other things. Um, It's also important to me to repurpose my space. So put away the laptop, put away anything that reminds me of work, because the more obstacles I put in the way between me and that action, the less likely I am to take that action. So if my laptop is put away, I'm not going to be so inclined to, to check the emails or stay on Slack. And so it's really important for me to be intentional with that. And then I like to also immediately have a plan to detach from work. So whether it's calling a friend, going for a walk, um, calling my family, just something that will make me stop working because I can work on my couch now. I can work anywhere. So so I have to put more intentionality on ending my day than starting my day.
0: What was the hardest change that you ever made in your own personal development? and, And how did you ultimately succeed through the challenge?
1: It was when I started at Whole Foods, and I always admit this in my classes, but I had smart girl in the room-itis. I felt like I'd come to Whole Foods with a lot of different experience, And I had to show, be the smartest girl in the room. I had to have the best ideas. Maybe my ideas had to be the loudest or I had to advocate for them or repeat them. And I don't think I was creating I mean, I don't not think I definitely was not creating enough space for the wisdom of my team and the people that were surrounding me. And so it was just the way I got feedback at Whole Foods is absolutely through love, like through just amazing coaching and just. Um, great transparent um, feedback and just learned to like sometimes it's okay to be quiet you know your role is not to be the smartest person in the room your role is to sit back and elevate the genius in the room and that's a personal lesson I learned early on in my career and I'm I am just so grateful that um, people took the time to really coach me through that.
0: During the introduction, I mentioned um, your work with the Kendra Scott Women's Entrepreneurial Leadership Institute. Can you talk a little bit about how you got set up with that gig and and what it really entails? Yes,
1: I love talking about this because this is how I love, just when you're in your purpose, just I really do feel like things come to you. And I teach a class as part of the UT Professional Development Center. And um, Leslie Robinson, who is the director of the Kendra Scott uh, Institute, uh, attended one of my classes and just said, Your style would really resonate with students. Have you thought about this? I'm like, No, I've never thought about teaching undergraduates. It's always been a secret dream, but I didn't ever know that that would happen. And so, just in co creating with her over the last um, almost a year now, um, we are bringing all kinds of content to students. And so, what we're basically doing is a lot of the classes that we teach to adults about adult leadership, um, values, empowerment, motivating your team, well being as a leader, we're bringing to college students. So, think about if you have this exposure as an 18 19 year old the trajectory that your career would be on and what I love about this especially partnering with Leslie is that's through a gendered informed perspective we know that women are not making enough gains when it comes to executive leadership and even at the CEO ranks and those even those advances and gains we were making before pandemic pretty much have been erased in the last two years and so it's even going to be more vital to make sure women are getting those skills exposure access to the knowledge they need to be great leaders and to really get empowered feel empowered with their own strengths their own values um, because they're just going to make their concepts their businesses their organizations stronger so that is just the next amazing um, milestone I've achieved in my career and I cannot wait to see where that goes
0: Oh, that's awesome. I want to ask um, one final question before we switch to the rapid fire questions. And it's about curiosity. It's definitely the theme that has probably come up the most on our show. And I guess I'll ask you, what are you the most curious about right now? And if you're comfortable going there, go outside of your space. What are you the most curious about right now that might have nothing to do with um, the work you do at any of the roles that we've talked about today?
1: Oh, my gosh. Right now I'm getting really curious about traveling. I feel like I've been in this bubble for two years. And so I traveled a lot before the pandemic and now I just wanna to go to any place I've never been to before. And so I'm reaching out like in my personal time, I'm studying different countries. I've never been to South America. So if anyone has any advice of where I should go to South America, I'd love that. Um, I really, that travel bug is coming back. And um, and my goal is to go three places this year that I've never been before. So. <laughs>
0: I I love that goal. And that is a wonderful spot to uh, shift to our final two rapid fire questions that I get to ask all of our guests. And question number one is this, if you could describe your leadership style in just one word, what would that word be?
1: I would say compassionate.
0: And the final rapid fire question is this, what is the best piece of advice that you have ever received?
1: Oh, take your work seriously, but do not take yourself too seriously. (laughs) You can probably guess which company I learned that in, (laughs) but it's definitely true. And I I, I want everyone to, to consider that when they think about their work, especially on stressful days.
0: Well, not taking yourself too seriously is a perfect way to close this out. Thank you so much for joining us today. Where can our listeners find out more about you?
1: Yes. Just on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn and I love to meet new people, especially if you're new to Austin. um, If you need advice, (laughs) if you want to connect. I love, love just connecting on LinkedIn.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you for all of the great insight. And thanks to all of our wonderful listeners for joining us. If you enjoyed today's show, we would love a rating and review in your podcast app of choice. And we truly appreciate it when you share our show with your network. You can find me on social media at Matthew Confer. You can find our show on Instagram at Ability Sims, and you can find our organization at Ability.com. And of course, I want to thank all of you for joining us on the Learn to Lead podcast.
1: This podcast is produced by Ability, a leading provider of award-winning leadership development. You can find us at www.Ability.com or by searching for Ability Leadership Development. Make sure to also check out our 12-week fully virtual mini-MBA, The Invited MBA, a nights and weekends program that features experiential learning, mentorship, case studies, and networking. Find more information at www.invitedmba.com. Finally, be sure to subscribe to our podcast so that you get our next episode. We want to thank you all for joining us on the Learn to Lead podcast.